This is a live recording of the hugely popular song Gravity by the Super Jesus on Tell Craig Your Story Podcast.
Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be speaking to Stu Rudd. Now, Stu is the bass player of one of my all-time favorite bands from Australia, the Super Jesus. Now, Stu and the Super Jesus have released platinum albums throughout their career, and they are three-time ARI Award winners. And their album, Sumo, peaked at number two in the ARIA charts. Now, Stu and Sarah McLeod were inducted into the South Australia Music Hall of Fame. Now, I was lucky enough to see the Super Jesus play quite a bit in their career. I saw them play at the Big Day Out and quite a number of times at the Bar on the Hill in Newcastle. Now, more recently, Stu and the Super Jesus have just come off their 20-year anniversary of the Jet Age album which included one of their biggest hits, Gravity. But before we go, please go to our website. We're at Podbean. Tell Craig Your Story at podbean.com. We have a link tree there which tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We are on all the major streaming services. Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, Spotify, to name a few. We are on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have VK for our Russian listeners and... We chat for our Chinese listeners at Tell Craig Your Story. We have a YouTube channel there. Make sure you're subscribing to get all the latest updates. And I know some of you out there prefer the video. All right, here we go. This is my chat with bass player of the Super Jesus, Stu Rudd, on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi, Stu. How are you doing today? Hey, man. How's things, Craig? Uh, doing good, thank you. Thank you very much for your yeah, time. No, you're no a super busy man. We've tried to sort of a couple of times to get this thing uh, together, but we're yeah, finally, we finally here. So just tell us, we're almost at the end of February, but uh, just tell us a little bit about 2021. You're super busy with touring and, and mm. recording. and So what are some of the highlights for 2021? Well, coming off the back of just just to digress back to 2020, coming off the back mm. of that, we lost lost some shows and we ended up doing um, uh, picking some up, which was great. So we did the Jet Age tour, which was our anniversary of that album. Um, Who would have thought? It was, yeah, it's I know. Right? It feels like yesterday when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and it's good because it forces you to have a listen to it again. I mean, I'm not, mm. I don't put on the Super Jesus too often because it, there's so many, um, not for any other reason other than you just play those songs, you know, so much. But yeah. um, to go back and listen to the album was great. So that was a highlight to be able to do that and, and tour that album and sort of give it a good, you know, birthday that it deserved. Um, we also. Is it, is it- Oh, sorry, Stu, because I did see you on, on Instagram. You were saying that when you were playing, rehearsing, rehearsing the, uh, the, the songs off that album, they were really fresh and, and new, right? But being in a studio and creating a song is one thing, but to take it out on stage and to go live, it's a different animal. We had to rework a few things and just, just so it had dynamics in some of those songs, which we did, and it worked really well. And we worked for a good, you know, couple of months in the studio, um, rehearsals to prior to going out. So when you were getting, when we were getting 
you know, New South Wales was cancelled and Victoria was cancelled. It just kind right. of, oh man. Uh, so we started to scale it back a little bit because we had regionals and stuff like that. So, but we managed to get over to Perth, uh, albeit you know, we, we were rehearsing here in Adelaide and we had the West Australian police ring that night to say you guys can't come in because Sarah hadn't had her COVID. Well, they, they weren't, they, we needed proof for, yeah, for her COVID sort of action. So, Look, we got through it and it was fine. Um, so that was a highlight, just to get out and play um, yeah. amongst all of it. So that was really good. And then um, and for, for the 2012, then, then we kind of did a few festivals and, and then sort of closed down. It was just seemed you, you weren't kind of sure whether the, from one to the next whether you were going to get a show or it was going to be cancelled. I mean, we had, you know, I was getting emails saying, what are you doing in two and a half years' time? Like, are you, are you free on that date? It was yeah. ridiculous. God, you know, whatever. Yeah, book me in, you know. Yeah, so it was good that we got through it and we played some shows and we got to do the Jet Age. So that's that was the main thing for us and personally. Because I heard, actually, that when they first started back, you had to wear a mask, you weren't allowed to stand Ooh. up, you weren't allowed to sort of shout and sing the songs. You just had to sit there very politely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we played, we played at the Gulf in Adelaide, which is quite a iconic sort of venue in itself. And everyone was seated. So we played our shows to, so, but what it did do was open up another thing altogether. So you then, I don't know, it was kind of strange to play to people being seated, but at the same time, it forced people to stop and listen to the music. And mm. yeah, they weren't getting out of their seats. They could sit down and listen to it, which is great. So we we made the best of it, and uh, it was good. Yeah. yeah. And you're doing some, you're doing some recordings in between all that. You've got some side projects yeah. as well. Yeah, we. I will keep writing music regardless. Forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah. So That's... it's uh, I've I've you know I, I guess I'm a lifer at these at this point, uh, Craig. So um, yeah, writing some songs with Jesus, and we've been Sarah and I've been going back and forward and. With the other guys sort of, you know, being involved as well. It's been really cool. Travis and Jason. So, um, we, we've got some stuff there just waiting to sort of get into the studio. In fact, we were going to try and get in earlier this year, like last month, but things took that second turn, third, fourth turn or whatever with the COVID action. And, uh, it looks like we may be going in, into June and writing songs for sort of just for the sake of writing songs. Been working with a young, a young girl who's sort of into country music and mm. yeah, I said, you know, put my hand up and said, I'll help you sort of, you know, write some, some country or put my, my, you know, hat in the ring and write some country music, which has been really good fun. So I've been sort of doing that and also doing, um, my own sort of, um, music for, for a project that I kind of want to get off the, off the ground with, with a few people. So yeah, yeah I'm keeping busy, you know, it's not yeah, like, it's all stopped. Um, it's funny, funny how COVID was supposed to stop everything, but it probably made you more busy, right? It, well, in some ways it does. It, for, it yeah. does. It really does. It forces you to sort of think outside what you're normally used to, um, which is a good thing. You know, we, we all need to kick up the bum. But it's also good to for musicians. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people would understand. Um, perhaps they do. But you're constantly touring 
and working and writing and touring and working. So when something like this happens, it kind of puts a pause on life. It doesn't stop, but it just mm. pause. Yeah. You know? So you get, you know, a bit more. It gives you time to sort of add and and, and do more stuff to the music that you you may not have in the past. So you kind of got to look at it glass half full in some some ways. Yeah. That's keeping me busy. Yeah. So, Stu, I saw on Instagram that you were part of this uh, tour, uh, a couple of shows in Adelaide. Uh, it was for the Adelaide Music. And it says here, the boys are stuck in town. Oh, oh yeah. Can you tell us, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. It was, a, it was an initiative that was brought to me that all the bands that are sitting in Adelaide at the minute that aren't touring, that perhaps might be a good idea to do a collective show. So what we ended up doing was, it was amazing really, we had Dave Gleeson, obviously from the Angels, Screaming Jets. Come on. Vocals. We had yeah. Rob Riley from, you know, 35 plus years from Rose Tattoo. We had Paul Wheeler, 20 plus years from Ice House. We had wow. myself, we had um, the, and um, Vince Condorino, who does that Australian uh, Zep Boys show, which is goes all around the world these days, you know. Um, yes. And we all got together and we played songs from everybody's sort of repertoire, except Suju's, because no one could really, unless we had, you know, string around their, you know, watts to get their voices up, it wasn't going to happen. Anyway, right. so, um, yeah, it was a great night. And, you know, we thought we'd do it for um, a bit of fun and just because, yeah, we're all sort of sitting around. Well, it was like 500 tickets, you know, right. sold all. Like, it was insane. And it was it was at the Bridgeway Hotel, and just the opportunity on a personal note to get to play with the the caliber of these people, um, yeah, who are all driven and successful in their own ways. It's just amazing, you know, and and to be a part of it and and sit in the background, just watch them work, you yeah. know, just watch the way they work. It's it was fantastic, you know, Rob Riley, you know, thirty five plus years rose tattoo and and it's the real deal, you know. We can't be beaten and, and all yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's the real <laughs> deal right there. So it was yeah. such a great night. It was really cool. Yeah. Wow. So and, we, and the one I've showed, we're, we're talking about perhaps doing another one again a bit later in the year. Right. Yeah, it's right. a fantastic vibe. And it says here that you had you've got crown jewels as well. Tell us a, a little bit about this band. Oh. Yeah, Crown Jewels is is a bunch of fantastic musos, and they just um, it's a, such a joy to play with them. And it's we're just delving back into the old, you know, sixties and seventies sort of oh, music yeah, right. that it hasn't sort of been. I wouldn't say the first single that's ever been released off of these bands, but we're probably going for the second or third single people have heard. Of. So it really, Craig, it's just a way to get out and have some fun with some friends and. And, you know, if people enjoy it along the way, great. You know, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's good fun. It's all hometown. So, yeah. yeah, it's good fun. Just get out and play some songs. And in 2021, I also saw that uh, it was huge for you. I know you're a huge Kiss fan. And it said that you were going to support Kiss uh, last year. Yeah. Did that get cancelled? Did you? Is it been True. rescheduled? Yeah. Okay, so 2019, we were going to be playing. And yes, I am, and you, you read right, I am a Kiss fan. I've been a Kiss fan since I was a kid. Um, 2019, we were going to be playing with them. Then something happened to one of the members. 
and then it got postponed, and then the COVID hit, then it got postponed, and it got postponed, and postponed again. So it's all set for August now at this point. Right. So this will, this will be fun. What a thrill for you, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's part of the reason why I sort of got into music. Uh, yeah. I went to a – I was taken to a party when I was a kid, you know, dragged along with the parents sort of thing, and in the shed they had – an album and a record player, and, and next to the record player was the album Kiss Alive. Right. And, uh, and I, I put it on, and Classic. yeah, I was just like, oh man, it just sounds great, you know. And I was young too, man. I was like, yeah. you know, I must have been six or seven. Yeah. And from then on, it was, yeah, all good. Part of the Kiss Army, right? Oh, yeah. Well, no, I couldn't afford it. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I spent. Thirteen dollars fifty on the Kiss ticket in uh, <laughs> when it came out. That oh was wow! Yeah, Back right. then, it was the highest ticket price uh, Australia had ever seen. Thirteen dollars fifty, so it cleared me out. So yeah, no, no, no money left over for the Kiss Army, but you know, I rocked it. <laughs> I made sure I was, I was a good soldier. Yeah. They did, and they did the they did the full show of Australia. They were huge at the time. Mm. Oh the yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, absolutely, yeah. And I saw, and I saw too that you you like to wear the God of Thunder shirt, um, oh, and the people yeah. were going, the people were going, oh, it's so controversial, and it's like, yeah. calm down, it's yeah. just a reference to Kiss, right? <laughs> yeah, well, Sarah, Sarah actually got that T-shirt made for me, right? Yeah, yeah. So she goes, I've got something for you, right? And I said, what's that? She goes, well, you know, there is a God of Thunder from Kiss. And said, yes. She goes. I'm calling you the King of Thunder. Do you go? And I'm like, oh, great. Good on you, mate. Yeah, so, you know, she's, she's good value to have around me. So let's go back to mm-hmm. where it all started. So I do believe that you were born in South Australia. Were you Correct. actually born in Adelaide? Or Adelaide? Yeah, I was, man, yeah. Born in Adelaide? Yeah, born, yes, Woodville. Yeah. And I read that your father was... A part of music as well. He said he was a drummer he was. for a Scottish pipe band. What yeah, is, that's what, right. What's a Scottish pipe band? Okay, you know the the where they go marching down on the correct right. yeah, bagpipes and stuff. He was the drummer. Right. So, you know, marching band. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you know, always sort of tapping on a steering wheel. You know, <laughs> in the car, like you know, counter rhythms to whatever is playing on the radio and. You know, just the rhythmic sort of vibe was always around and the rest of the families kind of, um, you know, all got a bit of, you know, that in them. So, yeah, he was a, he was a, um, a drummer in a, in a Scottish pipe band. And was your mum involved, um, yeah. involved in, in music or entertainment as well or was it just your, your father? Uh, no, it was just my dad. Mum's, but mum's, you know, quite, um, you know, she knows her key and, gee, when I first started playing guitar, she was going, no, no, you're out of tune here and you're out of tune there. And, you know, oh. so, she, you know, she, she kind of got a good ear for all that. And it's just part of like entertainment. That. Yeah, you do. And it's just part of entertainment around the house, like, especially, um, in my family, quite a big, big family and, and, you know, we all get together and sing songs and, and so it was always part of the whole thing was music, you know. And, um, and what sort of what sort of music were you uh, listening to at that time in Adelaide? Well, my dad was doing that. Then my sister was into Motown right. and the dance thing. Then I had my other brother who was into Bob Marley and the Wailers. Oh. I had another brother that was into the Faces and Rod Stewart. 
And I had another brother that was into Queen. So it was oh, constant. Right. I'm constantly listening to like A grade material, you know. It's fantastic. So who's putting who's fighting for the record player, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. So it was a good good sort of collection. So why all of a sudden then I would just assume that you'd want to play drums then to be like your dad. Why was yeah. it then changed to a bass? The base. Yeah, it was um, more so just through um, friends of mine. You know, you sort of, there's a certain period where you kind of go, you know, you look at that sort of thing. It's like, you know, that's kind of like rock and roll. You know, it's not, not rebellious <laughs> enough, right? You know, yeah. it's marching in time. So just, just breaking away with some friends and stuff like that. And, and classic, you know, I started playing guitar, actually, and, and never stopped. So I've been playing guitar the whole way through, you know, learning. I'm still learning. So friends needed a bass player. We're getting a band together because we were going to conquer the world. <laughs> now we were we were fifteen or sixteen, fifteen years old, I'd say, and yes. there's no stopping us. We we were going to climb over everybody to get to the top. <laughs> so <laughs> so we needed the missing link was a bass a bass guitarist, and I said, right. well, you know, you guys have sold me. I know, I, you know, to the top of Whatever I don't know, but I'll go. I'll go well along for the ride. So yeah, I started playing bass, man, and that, yeah, and right. since then I've really enjoyed. It. I in fact I've, I've delved into it. I really love it. Yeah, right. And tell us about the the Adelaide scene. Like I don't know too much about the Adelaide scene. Mm. I know some bands from there, but at that time, like in in the in the eighties, like what was it like? Like the music scene there. Yeah, it was a lot of rock and a lot of metal, obviously, you know, hard rock and heavy metal. It seemed to dominate um, late 70s, early 80s and mm. and all that. So, um, you know, that's kind of where we fell in line with my first band, Who's Who, is what it was called. But on the back of that, coming out to the other side of that, there was an underground thing that was starting called alternative music, you know, mm. the, the 80s, which I, I'm, I may be pushing forward a bit too fast. I'm, I don't know, no. but... Um, so there was the east end of Adelaide where a lot of, you know, people would congregate and play and you would see one band, you know, this minute, then they'd be across the road for the late shift over there and you would see, right. it was so healthy, so healthy, it was great. And this is where the Super Jesus start was born out of all this. So we were all sort of around and kind of knew each other and knew of each other and um, Chris and I, Chris Tennant and myself had known each other for years right, in fact yeah. he had sort of pointed me in a direction of McLeod, Sarah and um, to play in the band with her so Sarah and I essentially got together first and then everyone jumped in on that Right. so yeah so that's so, kind of how the Sibjis came about at the tail end of all the rock and all that and the start of all the alternative sort of scene so, so I do believe that Chris Tennant was sort of leading the charge. Like he'd already been in previous bands before and was sort of like getting, yeah. all, you guys, getting all you guys together and he's been in different bands in Adelaide. Yeah, that's, I just don't see enough of him really. But, um, yeah. or the world for that matter, we don't see enough of Chris. But, um, yeah, he's such a great talent. You know, he's just coming in with gold every, every sort of rehearsal and we just go, man. It's fantastic, you know, and that's how the songwriting relationship sort of came about with Sarah and Chris. Mm. And you couldn't help but sit back and go, man, that's fantastic, you know, I just want to be part of it. So, 
Yeah. Baby animals at that stage were huge. Yeah. yeah. They, had a, they had a real big couple of albums there and they were the biggest band in Australia. So was there influences there or you wanted to do something? Because I know in yeah. media, Sarah, Sarah kept on saying, oh, we're not the baby animals, you know. <laughs> the yeah, yeah, for sure. We've got a different sound. Yeah, well, so. I guess I guess you can't. We 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 weren't. I mean, you couldn't not hear the baby animals wherever you wherever you went. I mean, as you said, like they they and they are still playing massive shows. Yeah, right. And more power to them. It was just not something that we sort of wanted to go down. We wanted, you know, we we kind of wanted to get our own thing going on. And yeah, a bit you're a bit sensitive after you know. 10 months in a rehearsal room thinking you've got your sound and somebody says, oh, you're like this. And it's like, oh, but if, if, you know, I've just spent seven days a week for 10 months and like learning and doing this. So yeah, we, we were cool. It was just, we trying to make our own groove and just, you know, tell people we're a different sort of thing than what perhaps they were. And so you got all the band together uh, in Adelaide and how long was it before you played your first gig? Were you sort of, Making sure that you got the a live sound and getting mm. everything ready with, 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 with songs. Yeah, we 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 rehearsed uh, and songwriting eighteen months straight. Yeah, right. Wow. Seven days a week. Seven days a week. No. So, so it was it, like it all, was just, all in or nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. So wow. it was. It's funny, and I don't want to sound like an old old crooner dude, but. Yeah, I go to rehearsal rooms, and still, yes, I still do go to rehearsal rooms, and people are like, oh, man, you know, how'd you make it? And I go, well, you know, obviously there's a certain amount of luck, but let's look at your program. How often are you rehearsing? Oh, we get together for a couple hours on a Monday night and drink, (laughs) and I go, okay, (laughs) all right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, well, we we tried to fast-track it by doing seven days a week for 18 months. And that's how, how we sort of rolled. And, and it was, lit, you know, rain, hail, shine, heat, birthdays, anything was celebrated in the rehearsal room. That's how we did. Mm. So you named your band too, it was Hell's Kitchen. It was, uh, yeah. In, 90, in 94. And mm. why, why was it, why was it that name that sort of stuck out? Was it just? Uh, yeah, well, Chris, myself and a couple of our friends, would get together on a Friday night and um, after rehearsal, of course, and get together and read. We're all reading different books and we'd all sit down at coffee and, and have a chat about our books and, you know, where you're up to and yours. So essentially you were listening to four books in one night. You know, every Friday night was a catch-up. It's not a bad idea, yes. by the way. Um, <laughs> so it just so happened it was freaky. In everyone's story was Hell's Kitchen. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Mine was, uh, you know, someone was a serial killer, someone was a mobster's book, someone was something else, and we just said then, you know, we got a name, Hell's Kitchen. It just, it had to be. What a great name. So and that's what we did. So we recorded demos. We, we went, okay, this is what we're going to be called. Fantastic posters went up. If I had, if I was closer to my storage shed, I'd show some. But uh, we had posters made up, Hell's Kitchen, all the rest of it, and we we. Handed out the demo tapes to all the clubs, but it right. it gave such a at that point it was just that, that heavy metal, metal con- yeah. connotation. Like so, yep. I, I 
I probably would would say there's some still standing in the back room of a lot of clubs in Adelaide because we wouldn't have gotten a, a gig. But um, and it wasn't until and so we did this coming out of the game with Hell's Kitchen and all the rest of it. Um, and it was we got picked up for the local stage for a big day out. Because there was a bit of a groundswell. People started to who is that man behind those doors for 18 months? You know, yeah. what's wrong with those people? Yeah. <laughs> Need their heads red, you know, whatever. And on the eve of the big day out, you had to submit your name. And it was the eve. You had till 8 o'clock on a Friday night or Thursday night. And we're sitting there. I get a phone call. Hey, Sue, what do you think of this name? The Super Jesus. And I went, I like it. That was Chris. I like it. Yes, yeah, why don't we change our name? And I'm like, but what about all the people that had seen us with Hell's Kitchen? Don't worry about it, we'll start new. And I went, okay, cool, let's do it. Big day out, first show, Super Jesus. Yeah, so we, we put it in about 6.30, 7 o'clock that night. We changed the name and then it went out. That's and I read that Chris was saying, like, at that time there were so many... Uh, different bands that had Jesus in them. Uh, yeah. That was sort of like the word, the word of the word of the day, or something like that. Something it like was, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, back then it was like so prevalent, like Jesus, Mary Chain, Jesus, <laughs> Ride, you know, Jesus uh, Lizard, <laughs> Jesus Lizard, yeah. yeah. And then um, Super Suckers, so, you know, <laughs> Super Grass, you know, plenty. So we just kind of put a put the two names together, really. So what I wanted to ask, like, did you get any sort of backlash from having uh, Jesus in the name then? Uh, sort of getting off topic a little bit, but I remember when I went to my grandma's for a lunch and I had the Super Jesus T-shirt on, and she went, what is this? Mm. Uh, Chris, Christian lady, what is this? And I was like, man, it's just the wrong band, just the wrong band. <laughs> Come yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> Not so much in Adelaide. We, we got that as well. Um, mm. you know, we got a bit of that, but not as much as what we got when we toured through the Bible Belt. Uh, then it became a bit interesting, you know, when they realised, you know, we're sort of loud and alternative and rocking and stuff like that. Then, then you got, you know, then it went neck level. Then it was kind of like people wouldn't touch your gear because you're being right. blasphemous. The same people that, you know, were perhaps up to no good. Uh, 11.59 on a Saturday night, oh, it's 12 o'clock, I'm going to be good now. You know, I mean, everyone's got their own gig and piece. You know, that's cool. So we just, we got a little bit of a backlash uh, over in America in the Bible. For the most part, we we had a good run, you know. It it hasn't been too bad. And then, like, of of all things, like, Big Day Out turned into this huge international festival here in here in Australia. And you, you, you're playing that as some of your first gigs as the Super Jesus. Does yeah. That, does that pinch yourself sometimes when you look yeah, back at that? Yeah, I did. I used to make a joke. I said, if we're not signed to a record label in, in you know, by the time six months, I'm out of here, you know. <laughs> well, it, it was pretty pretty quick. It was quite a quick uh, rise for the band. So we did the first big day out for us. Um mm. Not the first big day out, but our one of our first shows, big day out. And then we handed out um, tapes and things. We figured we're in a position where we can give managers and 
and agents, whoever, our cassettes or our CDs, whatever, to see if we can get some management, someone who can take us perhaps the next step. And that's where we found our management, um, Aloha Management. So, yeah, there's, there's moments and the big day out, it just, you kick yourself, you know, you go, oh man, you know, sitting there and you're having your morning cereal or something and you're next to Marilyn Manson or uh, <laughs> Soundgarden or whatever. Yes. And, uh, and at that time, like, you know, for the big day out, then when did you go from there? Did you get, did you have, like, were they at the, sh- at the gig or were they sort of already yeah. knew that this band is going to go places? Yeah, I think. So we had gotten to that point where, okay, there might be something in these guys. Then we, part of the, um, the packages and we went all out. Like, you, we, we did electronic press kits. We did everything to be, because Craig, we always felt that, don't let it down. Don't lose sight yeah. at the last minute. You know, like you may have gone into a rehearsal room for 18 months. It doesn't mean go out to a club and play on a shitty PA system. We were taking PA systems into the Austral Hotel, which held 120 people, and we <laughs> would have a PA system that would hit the roof and had to be <laughs> strapped down. Strapped down. I'm not kidding you. Like, strapped <laughs> down because we felt... It was unjust that we do all the work and then let it down with it through a bad PA. So let's, yeah. have, let's our music be heard properly. And that was the same as what we did with everything we, we've moved forward. So we, we did an electronic press kit. We did mm. a CD. We did, you know, posters. We did the whole nine yards. So that's how we did it. And we sent it out to management, like I said, and front end loaders management. And funnily enough, um, right. have you ever seen front end loader? I did see them play at one of the big day outs, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Long, long time ago, yeah. Yeah, so their management, we, we hooked up with those guys. Right, right. From then on, and it's, it off. And then you, you did your first EP, Eight Stop Rail. I don't remember listening to this EP, but I know mm-hmm. most of the songs from that. Yeah, Shut My Eyes and a couple of songs from Sumo, right? Yeah, we, okay, so we recorded, twice we recorded Eight Step Rail. We went over to... Melbourne to record it and we weren't happy at that point with how it sounded so we came back home we had a budget of about ten thousand dollars um and so we used half of it on an EP that we didn't want and then we came back home and then did it here made a short film clip out of a local club and um yeah yeah it was good so that was the the how we did our first EP and then we expect we pressed up about fifteen hundred copies or something and then that sold like fifteen thousand copies yeah and right then it wow just sort of it just sort of snowballed from there yeah people's ears picked up I guess and and the reason and why some of those songs were recorded is because we co-signed with America and Australia it was the first time in history right. we right. Were, we we co-signed Warner Brothers America mm. and Australia and the Americans are saying, well, we've got to do some of these songs on an album to release there. So our American release is different than our Australian, so it has mm. different songs on it. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's also a bit similar, like, with England, with ACDC. They're mm. also combining records and right. you know, putting different order lists for the for the album. So it's very interesting. Yeah. What I wanted to talk before was the the road crew. You were saying before about the PA. So, do you have you had the same people 
on on your road crew sounding uh, for live shows? Yeah, we we try and tend to hold on to people and keep a, a tight unit if mm. we can. So the cycle of the because you go in cycles like you record, you tour, then you're off the road for seven months. You can only expect road crew can't sit around they yeah. so and work for other people. So yes. and, and we understand that too. So where we can, we try and use the same source of crew um, because it just you know everyone holding these people close and and help. Yeah, they become part of the team. They really do. So that's the way we sort of look at it. And if we can keep a good team together, we can at least deliver. Like I said at the start, we can deliver how it should be sounding, you know, but that's, that's right. how we feel, yeah. That's right. So then you go into the recording studio to record a sumo, and you went to Atlanta, right? It was in um, Triclop Studios in Atlanta. Right. So that was, again, getting back was part of um, our, to keep America engaged in their, you know, what they saw as their band as well as Australia. So, so we decided to go over there and record, and we had Matt Seletic uh, produce the album and um, mm. and Matt Seletic had done Matchbox 20 and a few other oh yeah right few wow. other bands so yeah yeah so that they were pretty um, he, he was going he was on a real um, trajectory at that point too you know, it still is an intelligent guy so yeah he was um, that was the team we had around us and so we went into Tricop Studio where they recorded Hole Smashing Pumpkin Siamese Dream oh hell of a lot of albums. And that's where you pinch yourself. You walk in. Yeah. Oh, here's the ant. Here's the ant we used on that song. Yeah. Right. And there's the bass ant we used for the whole album. Would you like? To, of course, I'd like to play through that. Um, yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna set you up and do pre-production down the road here. And you walk in, and it's the Black Crows own the place. Oh wow. And yeah, and their trucks rolling in because they've just come off an American tour. You know, I'm looking at. You know, gold albums from around the world, shaky money maker and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's like, oh boy, you sort of, you know, yeah, you pinch yourself and go, man. I was listening to the 20th anniversary of the Sumo on QQ Music here in, in China. And yeah, yeah, she said, oh, we actually recorded this one in, in Atlanta. Oh, with now, the orchestra. And- now and then, right. Yep, yep. So that was written, yeah, in our, because we all stayed in the same, apartment atlanta and we would all eat together literally 24 7 if if we thought the the 18 months of recording at a rehearsal <laughs> studio was bad you wait till you you live and breathe in each other's pockets for a couple of years anywho so yeah it was written there in the lounge room and then we went went forward and and um, matt Seletic and chris Tennant arranged all the strings and wow. yeah yeah, it came out real, real good. You got on the, on the big leagues now. You got an orchestra in in the recording studio, yeah, have you? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, did you do a tour of the US, and how did the US fans sort of react to the Super Jesus at that time? Well, it was kind of um, we did tour. Yeah, we did. In fact, we moved over there, Craig. So we were living right. again for about eighteen months in Los Angeles. Right. Um, and. We were using that as a bit of a spring for it because we had played a fair bit in Australia up until this point. So, right. you know, the, the, the Sumo album had come out and whatever, we're, we're touring on that. Then we got out of here and went over there and you re- really were starting again. Not a lot of yes. people knew who we were. So we would play, you know, say Champagne, Illinois and we would 
knock on the door and I would say, you know, oh, what do you want? It was, oh, well, we're supposed to be playing here tonight. <laughs> you know? And playing to two people, you know. Right. At home, we were doing the yeah, you know, uni bar. You know, yeah, yes. Bar on so, the hill, come on. Yeah, bar on the hill. So um, that was interesting. Um, yeah, so we did three tours around America and drove it all. And that was an experience. Wow. Um, so there was no, you know, thing on your phone. It was a map. <laughs> I had a map, yeah. wow. like real time looking at a map. And our manager had a huge map of America and a pointer stick. And he would say, so you're playing here. And in two <laughs> days, you need to be over here. Oh, and I was like, oh, man, you know, we're talking like it, it was some serious drug. Yeah. Here you go. Here you go. 72, over 72,000 miles in under six months. Wow. And that was, that was, that was Paulie and myself driving, playing gigs, packing up and driving. So and it wasn't like, a, it wasn't like a four wheel drive. I saw the picture of it on your Instagram. Oh, it's man. Just, this little, you know, yeah, shove all the, yeah, George Ram. Yeah, yeah. It was George Ram. <laughs> and our manager said, you know, best you guys pull that back seat out so you can have a sleep. You know, so okay, we'll do that. So we pulled that out, and halfway through the club, decided to get changed in the back, and our our cover for our air conditioning had been broken off, so it was just the motor, and she was so hot. She decided she would get into some bathers or whatever, just because everyone's at this point pouring water over themselves because it's so hot. Yeah. Um, but the show must go on, you know, keep driving, keep driving. And her bikini or something got caught in the motor and, like, went <laughs> and, like, jammed the motor and stopped. And I, oh, dear. I had, a, I had a, at this point, I had an inside thermometer and an outside thermometer. And, right. I mean, we were going, we were heading in through um, Nevada, through the desert and mm. all the rest of it. I, I for a for a, a sick sort of joke turned the heater on in the car, and it was cooler in the car than it was outside, and that's with wow. the heater on. Wow, okay. Anyway, so yeah, our heater didn't work, um, our air conditioning didn't work from that point forward. So yes, <laughs> that was part of the whole. So we're over there for about eighteen months. Did about three tours, and and it was good. Yeah, we were received. Uh, pretty well like we started doing it just like we would here so we would do yeah. uh, LA we'd go to Vegas we'd go to San Francisco and then we'd come back or up to Seattle then we or another one was we'd go San Diego go down San Diego Los Angeles Vegas up that way and we started to break some house records so things started to move oh. you know and then, then we got picked up by road rules from MTV Right. They did a little segment on the band, and, and oh, yeah. honestly, as soon as they aired something to do with the band, it was crowds started to swell. Yeah. You know, they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're that guy on TV. Nice, yeah, right. pretty pretty important stuff when you're on TV in America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. so I saw a couple of fans even recently asking you when you're going to go back to the US. Are there any plans to go back there? Like once, sort of. Maybe not when COVID goes away, but do you have any sort of plans I'd to, like to? Yeah, I, I mean, Sarah and I talk about it. 
Mm. You know, we like to sort of get out and tour a bit more. In fact, a couple of in 2019, we went over to Brazil and played a couple. Oh, of, I was going to talk about that because yeah, because yeah, I've, I've been there as well. So, what was that experience like for you going well, there and playing two shows like, there? Yeah, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. We got taken over there for um, a, a private sort of uh, private party, so enterprise thing, and then we we got over there and yeah, played a few shows. It was really great. It was great. People were warm and receptive and. Yeah, really cool. I mean, it does it does make you want to get out and do a bit more overseas, you know. Yeah. Uh, but um, new fans. Mm, we'd love to. We'd love to get back over the states and play. Um, you know, be good fun. And who and knows? Did you get to, know? Did you get to see some uh, sightseeing in Brazil, or was it pretty no. much just touring, touring, no, no. and just yeah, that's yeah. right. But that's that's touring, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, I caught a cab out of London. A cab and just said, just for the whole, just take me to the sites because I've got one day off. Take me everywhere. <laughs> Leave the cab running, mate, and I'll pay. You know, that's how, that's, that's how I sort of my sightseeing for the day. So when when you yeah. can, you not if you're not you know too tired from driving or playing all night. Mm. Yeah. So when when you do come back to Australia. It just all blows up. You're winning Aria Awards, uh, Sumo, and you're doing you know massive tours with all, all different types of bands. How, how did it for you? Was it difficult at that first stage to sort of all this attention coming back to Australia? Yeah, yeah, it it was. How did you um, sort of deal with it? Yeah, I just sort of stayed inside. That's how right. I dealt with it. I didn't go outside, um, yeah. and then. I was started, there was phone calls that were, you know, from the newspaper. How do they get your number? I've got no idea, but, um, <laughs> and then, you know, all sorts of sort of things going on and you try and keep a steady keel, you know, um, through the whole situation. Look, it goes back to your family. I've got good family around me. So that's kind of personally how I, I just surround myself with family and kept a close knit. Of, of friends and that was about it. So you know, but there was a lot of pressure on the band too. You know, to yes. be if we were touring, um, that's that's the one thing we didn't expect. That yeah. it was the amount of pressure that was building because it was getting because the band was getting bigger and we just come off of, you know nearly two years of touring that album <laughs> like worldwide to go okay well, and I mean it's not a sane environment to be. With the same people, you know, <laughs> but, but it's it's not insane. I'm telling you, sometimes um, you just want to strangle them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure they want to strangle me too. But it's <laughs> it's just um, you know, one of those things where it it just puts again. That's just amount of amount of pressure that you, you sort of don't expect, and and eventually, you know, Chris ended up leaving the band. Um, yes, while we were in Los Angeles, so. Yeah, he he just sort of said he he'd had enough of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was, because it we, seemed very interesting at, at times, sort of, because he, he was, uh, from what I read, he was doing a lot of writing for the music, and yeah. then for him to then all of a sudden just leave. Did you come into the forefront then uh, of starting to push your, your ideas in more? Or? Yeah, uh, it's a huge dynamic change when you're in yeah. something. So close knit like that. So what happened was you kind of sit back and go, right, where are we going to go and how are we going to mm. go about it? And I guess that's where people stand up now. McLeod stood up 
and said, look, I've got some great ideas, you know, check these out. We're great. Let's work with that. We, we um, got a new guitarist in. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, things started to move again. The, the wheels yes. started to, to move. And, yeah, you do become creative. You know, you do – you can't not be creative. So, yeah, I was putting in some ideas and songs and things like that. And, yes. you know, just sort of seeing how – all of a sudden it became a lot more organic because I think out of necessity, I think it really yeah. had to. So that's uh, where Jet Age came in and, and yeah, we got that second album going. Just before, just sorry, before Jet Age, a bit of a fanboy here. Um, yeah. I, I went onto YouTube today and the first thing that popped up was uh, Down Again from the 99 Big Day Out in Sydney. They recorded that and <laughs> here I am in the front row. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to look it up here. Yeah, so it's the it's the second last song that you play, and yeah, I, I'm here headbanging with my long hair, and <laughs> and I remember that day because you you said on stage that you actually have to finish up and then play a show in Melbourne, like get on a plane and try. I mean, yeah. is that the sort of tour schedule that you had consistently? Yeah. Yep. So Jeez. that yeah, that's right. So it was we got straight out. Off stage, straight mm. into a van, straight to an airport, a uh, light seater plane that they had taken uh, some of the seats again, the seats uh, for all our gear. Yeah, and yeah. We we went to Peaches and Cream Festival with Silverchair that day. All right, yeah, boys. <laughs> yeah, I think Grinners were on that as well. I think. Yeah, it's a good show. So that's yeah. There, there you go. That's that's sort of what we were doing. Yeah, consistently two and two shows a day. That, that's that's crazy. And then you got to find yeah. sleep there and stuff like that, and then get ready. Yeah, totally, and... totally right. You, you every now and then you do those recovery. You know, recovery. They're they're doing it on radio. Yes. So you do recoveries. Now you had a six a.m. call <laughs> to to do those. So yeah. you're not coming off stage till two o'clock in the morning or whatever. You yeah. Know? So it was always a Pretty shady sort of turnaround to get out into the to and set up and play again for um for rage. But what a great program that has been! Yeah, definitely for Australian music. And I actually uh, saw Sarah doing like a a reunion. Oh uh, yeah, of recovery, and she did some interviews there and talking about, it and they had Silverchair there as well. It's it great, great to see. <laughs> So yeah, let's talk about Jet Jet Age. Go from a very high selling sumo album to having pressure to get the you know another good album out. Wow, Jet Age mm. and Gravity. I, I still and when I go home, like or, or I'm flicking through on the on the airplane, Gravity, Super Jesus. You know, <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, you've made it. You know, you've made it when you you listen, you're on the airplane and you and you're in like the greatest hits. <laughs> so, yeah, we used to get a buzz out of that ourselves, actually. Yeah. We'd look and go, oh, we made the in-flight music. Yeah, <laughs> in-flight music. Yeah, uh, yeah, we always got a big buzz out of that. <laughs> um, so Gravity, yeah, I remember um, that album. So we all had relocated to Melbourne again. Oh. Moved after departure of uh, Chris, we moved to Melbourne mm. Town. Uh, uh, guitarist Tim Hamlin, and then we we lived there for nearly two years in Melbourne. So, Sarah, so what did so myself. what did Tim bring into the band, Stu? Well, well what, what sort of... his 
he had a very calming effect on the right. band. You know, we were all pretty highly, me- you know, a tough mechanism that yes. was on the road. You know, so when when Tim came out, he sort of had a very don't you know don't stress, don't stress. It's okay, we'll get it. So. And above all, and above more than that, was his songwriting. He had a great sort of feel for songwriting as mm. well. So we were lucky. I mean, Gravity in itself, you know. I mean, that day, McLeod came home at 8 a.m. in the morning and said, Ruddy, check this out. Yeah, right. It played me some of Gravity. I went, jeez. Now, I heard Shut My Eyes, because Shut My Eyes wasn't going to be, that was a flip of the coin. If you like it, we'll play it. If you don't, If you don't like it, We'll get rid of it. I said, oh, no, we've got to play it. It's great. Yeah. It's not mine. Yeah. Same as Gravity. I said, you know, it's a good it's a good tune. I can feel, I can feel it straight away. So, yeah. yeah. And you probably never remember this, but I actually sat down next to you at the Bar on the Hill for that tour. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know how, I don't know how it happened. Uh, you might have just been taking a break you know, after sound check, but we talked about a set list and... I think you said something like, it's my turn to pick the set list. And I said, uh, as long as you got down again in there, I'll, I'll be happy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, think you played, I think you played it first, actually. And yeah. I don't think you normally play down again first. It's only towards the encore of the set, right? Yeah, that's right. It, it has been towards the encore of the set. But, um, hmm. yeah, we, th- we throw it around every now and then to see where it might sort of go and Obviously, that night it, you had quite an impact on us, so uh, Craig. So we've decided to put it first because <laughs> we weren't really doing it first. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I remember you saying it was your turn to pick the set or something. But who does? Who does pick the set? Is is it like you take a turn, or is it normally yeah. just Sarah, just with the guitar tuning and sort of um, the flow? Of yeah, the guitar flow tunings. Are, uh, yeah, good. Good point there. Guitar tunings are always, we try and get them so there's a flow of two or three that are in the same tunings. Hmm. But as far as songs go, we, we sort of, usually it's between McLeod and myself. We'll just sort of go down to um, where we're at and how about we put this one in? Nah, no, let's do it next time. Yeah, that sort of thing. But it's usually yeah. McLeod and myself, yeah. And then all of a sudden you go from recovery and then Jet Age comes out, and you're playing on uh, Rove, Rove Live, and all these TV shows, the, the footy yeah, shows. You know? So all of a sudden, just boom, uh, yeah. with this. So, and then after this tour, I do believe the guitarist left again, right? Is that yeah. That correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The... Pretty right. Yeah. So Tim ended up going to do his own thing mm. after that. So we, yeah. yeah. We anyway, getting back. Yeah, we did. We did seem to play a lot of TV shows. Yeah, at that point, yeah, for sure. So yeah, we got through, and again, we we toured um, uh, Secret Agent Man tour. We did the Gravity mm. tour. We did the Jet Age tour. We did. We toured and toured and toured with that album as well. Um, by the end of that, Tim had started to sort of concentrate on perhaps some of the things he wanted to do. You know, I mean, no one's locked in to do yeah. anything, you know, you don't want to do. So, yeah, so he decided to move on. And, again, we were sort of looking for another guitarist. Isn't that so frustrating, but when you're, you're, on, you're, on, yeah. the, you're on the right path and it's like, ah, oh, damn. Gotta... Yeah. 
So how, yeah, do you, how do you select someone to that, like, to come straight in and, like, yes, this is the new guitar player? What's the process? Is it your management? Do you, are you looking for well, guys to come in or girls to come in and, and sort of try out? How does that process work? So everyone's sort of involved with the band at this point and sort of thinking for the band. So you have mm-hmm. a support mechanism around you whereby it's management or it might be record company. Everyone's sort of, sort of thrown in an idea. Why don't you saying that? The record company will kind of like you guys do what you've got to do and we'll see you when you're ready. But it was mainly us and sort of people suggesting guitarists and what have you. And we started to, we had a schedule to, to do our third album, rock music. Yeah. Um, so, so at this point, what do we do? Do we postpone an album or do we go forth and, 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 uh, and start recording again? We got Chris back for some of that recording. Right. People don't realise. Yeah, mm. he came in, he flew up and did some guitar work. But at right. this point, Sarah and myself had started to write a fair bit more and, yes. and stick to, stick together and come out and we did a, a closer a song for the end of the album. And, you know, so that, that line was slowly starting to open up between us. So we recorded as much as we could. Or actually, no, we recorded that album as the three of us. Yeah. Having people come in to play guitar every now and then. So, I just yeah. have me- I just have memories uh, when I bought the album I had it had like a DVD as an a bonus footage and mm. I just remember you guys just sitting like in a farm in, in the central coast just just chilling and like oh yeah we're we're, we're just chilling and then we feel like we're going to jam we go in there and just bash it out yeah. <laughs> I love that yeah. sort of relaxed sort of atmosphere because I guess like you've been touring for so long and then now all of a sudden yeah. it's just like going in there and just, oh, I've got a good idea for a riff. Let's go into the... Yeah, into sure. the, Yeah. It was like going on a health farm, mate. It's like, yeah, right. We're, we're miles away from anywhere. Um, yeah. In fact, it was um, it was Gary Beard from NXS. It was his right. place. Right. Yeah. And then miles away, in the mountains. So it's not like I'm just going to walk down the shop or I'm going to... You couldn't do it. Like... <laughs> So as much as you're in a serene place, so it's all part of the experiment to see how a band carries on after all these right. years. Anyway, but um, yeah, it was lovely and it was and it was real creative. You know, you're just going in there. We got our friend um, Mark from UK who had done the Breeders album, and yeah, he he sort of uh, came on board to help out and produce and stuff as well with that album. So that's how we sort of did it and. We slept there, you know, had my room yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it was all good. It was good. A really good environment to be, you know, wake up and, and play music and not yeah, really right. have that outside influence. I mean, we did have to face and we did, I think, on that album. Well, just as a, as a fan, Stick Together was such a good way to sort of where the band was at the moment because the guitarists are coming in and out, but you three guys were just like, a rock, you know, just that's, come on, let's keep let's keep going, right? That's exactly exactly what that was. Mm. That's like hand on heart, straight to paper to music. Like that is what it's about. And we kind of felt that when we recorded that, writing it down on a poster when I was out right. that night. Right. So, yeah. So that's how that kind of came. Give me a give me one of those, you know, golf tee pencils or whatever. I'm gonna write this. Anyway. So that's what that happened, and that became our first single off of that album, which is um, then we off again, you know, out 
out too um, and doing it. But this time we held, a, we had a few guitarists come in. So at this point we still didn't have anyone solidified yet. No, no one had cemented their place. So we had used some people that we know that were playing guitar. And then we got um, Jason Slack came in and he took over guitar duties. You know, seemed to have, you know, a steady effect on the band at that point. He was he was pretty solid, so it was great. Just what we needed, yeah. And you went out and toured again, <laughs> another another huge yeah. tour again. But then yeah, yeah. after the end of that tour, it was sort of like a sort of, where 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 are the super Jesus? Uh, what's happening with them? And then mm. I, I sort of come out and said that uh, you're having troubles with management and, and record deals as well. So yeah. and then all yeah. of a sudden, no more super Jesus. So I'm a bit disappointed. But can you just talk a little bit about that? And yeah, you know? of course. Yeah, I'll give you the intel on all of that. Just okay. Yeah. So we um. At the end of that album, so that was our deal finished with Warners. Right. Okay. So we had that was the end of. Um, we had some people that were interested to go um, further, and obviously some that weren't. And you can, you know, you can understand what what year we in this time at this point. What will be two thousand four? Two thousand four. Yeah. So we went out on that tour and we. We played over an hour tour. We played. We started playing some shows. We parted ways with Warner Brothers, and that was amicable. We, we we both sat down over a table and said, you know, shook hands and went, "Thanks for everything. You know, yeah, we're cool." And you know, so at this point, you know, you're sort of thinking, "We're on our own here now." Now, now we're back in that rehearsal room. That's what happened, and. You know, we were kind of like, oh, what's happening with the band? And then at this point, McLeod wanted to kind of keep moving forward and she yes. put out a solo album. And then yes. um, we just, we were all kind of happy, you know, yes. to just take some time away from it. You know? was a little yeah. bit Was a little bit of burnout, would you say? It was so. a, a relentless so. touring? In hindsight. Yeah. yeah. In hindsight, you know, we could have played our cards a bit differently. Um, a lot differently, but you know that's hindsight. I mean, it's, yeah. Oh, there's some things we wouldn't have done had we not been pushed and doing that. You know that. Yes. Um, I'm glad we did do. So you know, it works both ways. You got to be humble about it, and you got to sort of take it for what it is. And looking at it now, Stu, are you a bit more confident now to say no to, to like, a, a record label or, or someone, like, a show that, oh, you've got something else on or you, mm. you're recording or something like that? Do you have that sort of confidence to, to, to say, look, no, we can't do it? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do because we we own it, you yes. know? We own it and, and we've always owned it. Big show back. Yeah, big festival. What was it? Yeah. Um, Van Halen. Yeah, Stone Van Halen. Stone yeah. Fest. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Van, Van Halen. Um, Billy Smith. Joel. Yeah. Aerosmith. What a lineup. Pretty full And then all of a sudden, the Super Jesus. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, we're elbowing our way in there, you know. 
Um, had, it was cool. Did you get approached? Did you get approached to play this show, or was yeah, it managed? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got approached to play it, so an offer came through for us to play, and we were pretty stoked with that. Um, obviously. You read the paper twice and go, why is this for real? I'm saying, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it was really cool. We, we, um, it was a good day. We flew in and, you know, I got to see so many bands, you know, uh, Glenn Hughes from, from, uh, Deep Purple and, yeah, you know, some of the, the kind of, you know, that Kings of Chaos band, they were on it as well. Right. Uh, Duff McCaig and Death Oh, yes. The rest yes. of it. Yeah. So it was a, Pretty full on lineup of mm. you know rock and eighties sort of dudes. Yeah, you know? was that was that Nick Manus or was who who was who was doing that? Who's doing that I'm show? not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's some big money there. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, know who, don't know who did that, but that's some yeah. big money to pull out those. Yeah, those man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I, I, yeah, Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we, I, with David Lee Ross as well. Yeah, with David Lee Roth, yeah. I was actually, um, cause I was just on the side of stage. Everyone had to clear the stage. Right. Um, no one's allowed on the stage. And, uh, I just stood in the dark, like, stood there like a pole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, um, prior to just coming on, like, so the music and fanfare had started, Davis with his top hat and his cane and he's ready, he's doing his <laughs> shtick prior behind the drum kit. And I just said, you're looking, you're looking good, Dave. And he's like, well, thank you very much, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, what That's a great. Moment, mate. <laughs> yeah. as, as I'm standing next to Sebastian back from Skid Row. All right. Who's who? But that got the Super Jesus back on the road again. Uh, you brought out some, uh, an EP and you brought out some singles as well to, we to start touring again. Yeah. So yep. back on the road, and then all of a sudden I see the 20 years of sumo, and it's mm-hmm. like you're doing a tour for that, and I was like, I cannot believe it's 20 years since I know, the unbelievable, sumo right? record, and uh, yeah. I was overseas, so I couldn't I couldn't catch it, but I saw some videos, and uh, I've listened to the album that you brought out, uh, the live album. Uh, at oh, the, okay. At the, gov, the, gov, the Gov, was it? Yeah, we recorded that through Sydney and, and oh Sydney, yeah. Right. So the so the vinyl, you mean the the, the album, the Sumo Twenty album, live? Yeah, well, I, well, I I heard it on QQ Music, which is uh, here in in okay. Hong Kong and China, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I streamed it. I streamed it from from that that app. So oh, very yeah. good. Yeah, so we did. Um, we recorded all through the East Coast. Right. Yeah. So yeah, really cool. the question is, if you're getting airplay, if you're getting uh, QQ Music, uh, why aren't you coming to Japan and and uh, China? Yeah, who's and... up to? Mate? <laughs> well, who's up to? Where yeah. we're up to? You know, um, yeah. Which I guess it's a matter of trying to find promoters that would be happy to sort of take us on and and you know, That's true. give us a, a thing as well. Yeah, obviously. Um, but yeah, you know, we're always open. Yeah, we're always happy to sort of get over and play and whatever. Yeah, we're and, what, what, and what was that like, uh, playing those songs again, you know, after 20 years? Great. With sumo, yeah. Great. And they need a lot of attention to detail. Yeah. Mm. The, the person where I'm here, three weeks prior, sitting to a band situation where I'm out the back, headphones, you know, playing, playing along, playing along, just relearning it all. 
God, yeah. that's right. Because you can sometimes drift away from where originally it was. You know, that it was recorded. You know, because live you fall into perhaps habits of, you know, this sounds easier. You know, this is better to play. When you go back and listen, you go, oh wow! So it keeps you on your toes. So we took that and we went back into and we referenced off back in the rehearsal room. Right. Yeah. So and it was great to play those songs again. Really good fun. And he- hearing down again, I would say that that's probably my favourite. And uh, you had a different intro into it. You sort of stopped and then went into the guitar bit. I thought that was really cool. Like instead of just like like the album, and it just yeah made it more dynamic. And there you go. And that's that's what we were trying to work on, you know, to make it dynamic on, on stage and everything else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly how we're doing it. Yeah. yeah so, And then the greatest hits, you know, catalogue, back catalogue uh, on the set, on mm. the second part. So you're playing two, two, two and a half hour sets then. That's yeah, so, incredible. Yeah. So we'd ha- have, a, have a break or whatever and then back on. Yeah. Well... You know, we wanted to do it, make it a sumo set, you know, a big, yeah. a big rock show, you know, a big, what, you know, flex the muscles, you know, and that's what we did. We, we played for, for two and a half hours and we took it everywhere. You know, we went places that hadn't been predominantly getting bands and mm. took our chances and some we broke even, you know, some we, we, we won. So it was really good. It was really good for the band. Yeah. yeah really good. Absolutely. And then, like you said before, you did you did the the jet age twenty years as well. Yeah. So and then, then we got uh, hit with the the virus, you know, and that that's sort of because we still had to go through New South Wales and Victoria, but we we got shut out. So right. we we've undenied and undenied. We just said, you know, maybe we'll just put it to bed and we'll leave it there. Because we keep in mind we'd rehash this tour yeah. for what nearly a year and a half now, and you can't. Just keep going on. This is that tour again. Yes. Yeah, yeah right. And one more thing, Stuart, I wanted to talk about is that you got put in the South Australia Hall of Fame, Music oh. Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's right. Congratulations. Yeah. That's a huge achievement. I think so. Yeah. It, that day. Well, it was sort of something that um, obviously you don't expect it, and it, it meant... It was a great deal to me, obviously, yes. but it was more of a deal to me that my mum could see it because oh, I yes. knew it would mean more for her. When are we talking about support crew and all the rest of it? Yeah. When you're setting out, you know, we're talking from a kid, 16 years old, you know, going, oh, you know, he wants to be in a band or whatever, you know. It's you kind of, it's your validation that he isn't a fuck up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was yes. good. Um, it was a good night. We got um, uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, in in Adelaide, South Australia, for the Super Gs and myself um, personally and McLeod personally. So it was lovely to be, yeah, have recognition. And um, and not that you set out for that sort of stuff, Craig, but at the same time, it's, it's you know, it's nice to, you know, if it comes on, great. Yeah, cool. It's, it's a good yeah. vibe. So we played there actually. I got a got a small extra to play with us, and we played some songs. And yeah, it was really good. It was a good night. Very very cool. Yeah. yeah. Just thanks, man. 
just some just to stamp on there and just to say you're doing a good job, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally right. Yeah, thanks. But keep going, keep going, don't stop. Yeah, you well, know? we we ain't planned on stopping just yet. We've got some stuff going on now that's that's really we're really excited about. You know, some songs that we've been writing and really fresh and and kind of new and and you know people if you're into the van, you know, you're gonna feel that you you. These is part of the same repertoire. It's a really good sound at the minute, so we're happy. We've hit a good, strong writing vein. So, yeah, taking a little while, but we're we're here and we're doing it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, so speaking of that, um, so what what are the plans uh, for Stu uh, and for the Super Jesus? Okay, so we're going. Um, okay, for me, it's it's more about songwriting and trying hmm. to get get a, a side project up and going that I've, I've had in my back of my mind for a while. Now that we've got time off the road, I can I can concentrate on that. So I have been concentrating on that, as well as concentrating on, on writing songs for the band. We've got the festival coming up under the Southern Stars, which is with oh, Cheap man. Trick yes. and Bush and Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Um, who did I forget? Light, light uh, Stone, Stone Temple Pilots. Stone oh. Temple Pilots. Yeah, so we've got that coming up, and then obviously that kiss one in August, which I'll I'll oh, let man. you know. I'll let you know how. In fact, I'll get some photos. And I'll send them to you, mate. I'll come <laughs> back. <laughs> I'll try and get down there. I, I've been home for two years, so I want to come down yeah. and yeah, give me some did. something, some motivation other than just family to to come back. Yeah, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I dig it. Awesome. Yeah. What advice would you give to an up and coming musician? in Australia or anywhere in particular anywhere that there. wants to do wants to do what you do what advice would you give them uh, well you know it's I'm not going to I'm going to cut it straight here it takes a lot of a lot of work and a lot of dedication but you've got to believe in yourself I know it sounds mm. corny and I don't want to sound all like the voice but you really do have to believe in what you're doing I mean and and with that sort of focus and, and then work towards that goal every day, just something small, yes. just keep working towards it. And that's that's what I'd say. And to, to wrap that up in enjoyment, like, yes. you know, at the end of the day, I'm still enjoying it. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm still enjoying what I do. I still I still rehearse songs at home here because I enjoy doing it, you know, or yeah. working songs out. You know, it's great. It's good fun. So that's that's part of it, you know. Always give yourself you know, half an hour a day just to listen to music, whatever. It's good for you. Good for yourself. Yeah. You know? What's the saying? It's a long way to top if you want to rock and roll. <laughs> oh, absolutely, brother. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Stu, tell us about your social medias. Where, where can we find you and uh, your other side projects? Okay, well, at this point, you can – I mean, I'm, I'm Stu Rudd uh, at Instagram, I think it is. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, is that right? Um, then there's the Super Jesus official. You can go and visit that site and see some of the stuff that we've got going on there. And uh, my, my other project that I haven't got going up hasn't got a, a site yet, but it's it's the Mercy Villains, and it will be. It's coming soon. Yeah. You know, so yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Stu, you yeah, have to come back on and it. come on and promote promote the new band, mate. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'll let you know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Keep you in the loop, man. 
All right. Excellent. Uh, so, so before we finish, uh, I just asked a few questions, random questions, and give yeah. me your top two or three as of today. Don't sort of think about it too hard. So, uh, as of today, who are your top three favorite bands of all time? Well, going back, I'd have to say to start it off with was Kiss. I don't know about later on, but I'd say Kiss. I'm kind of a, a Rolling Stones. And uh, and perhaps an ACDC, I'd say. And tell me uh, your top two or three favourite movies of all time. Oh, man. One that was straight to mind was The, the Big Lebowski. I thought that was pretty oh, cool. Oh, yes. yes. And um, a Vacation, National Lampoon's Vacation. And three places that you've been to and uh, that your international destinations and then three places that you'd like to go to in the future. Yeah, okay. Um, three that I have, I really like Vegas, oh, Philadelphia, um, and I liked um, Germany, Berlin. Ooh. I really like that, yeah. Um, so place I would like to go, they haven't been, is probably where you are now would be good, Craig. Um, <laughs> Shanghai. Shanghai, that's, man. That's an amazing place, yeah. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Shanghai, I'd like to go out to Egypt and... Uh, yeah, perhaps Japan. I think that'd be fun too. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Place. Yeah, yeah. Last 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 question, Stu. And this is a tough one, but who is your greatest inspiration slash hero, and why? Uh oh. Look, I'd probably have to say my family, my yeah. my mum. Yeah, I'd say that's you know all the effort and support that goes into making me me is yeah. I'd say my mum. My parents, yeah. Absolutely. That's a good way to finish it off, Stu. Thanks, man. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Now you're Too a busy easy, man. Craig. Can't wait to get back to Oz and watch the Super Jesus play and side projects. Uh, very keen to oh, yeah, yeah. sit down there and watch that as well. I'll, I'll, um, I'll send you some stuff, you know, some, some writing, see what you think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah. And you, one of my one of my favourite... Uh, Australian bands and uh, good luck for the Excellent future. Man. Oh, for the thanks future. very much, Craig. Really appreciate it. It's been a great gig too, but good, good program. Love it. Hi, I'm Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world, but I can also tune into you, tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving 30% discount on all. Tell Craig Your Story listeners, just use the code Tell Craig Your Story for 30% off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic.